hey everyone, it's our cold open. And speaking of cold, it's a blizzard out there. And we had a pre-planned topic to talk about snow and blizzards before this week, but it's even more relevant now. I'm Kyle, and this is the ministry during the Blizzard Disruption Podcast. Hello, hello, it's Kyle, and this is the Ministries During Disruption podcast, and I have my guest here today. He's my senior, senior anti-snow correspondent, Steve Tamayo. As a Floridian, I am very anti-snow. So our topic today, Kyle, has to do with the snow, with this blizzard. As you mentioned, during the cold open, <laughs> we were talking last week about addressing this topic because we think it's got some relevance to campus ministry. But I want to give you just a little bit of insight into this moment in our nation's experience. There are over 4 million people at the time of this recording who are without power. That means they don't have power for their laptops to run their internet, but it also means some of them can't run their heat pumps, can't run their oxygen machines. It's a very, very difficult time. I heard a story in Texas this week. HEB is a really famous grocery store in Texas. Everyone in Texas loves HEB. If you're from Texas and you don't love HEB, hit us up on the Ministry During the Disruption Instagram and tell us why. Tell us what's wrong with you. HEB is so popular that they had to actually put up some restrictions as far as what people could get as the blizzard was coming their way. They limited people so that you could only get two gallons of water, which is really helpful if your pipes freeze. You can only get two gallons of water. You can only get two cans of propane, and you're only allowed to get two briskets. <laughs> two, two fat briskets. That may be the most Texas thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I know HEB from all the San Antonio Spurs commercials that are out there, and they're really funny, and they're really good. But I thought those are the most Texas things possible. But too bad. Like, too, only two brisket. That's hilarious. So, oh man. so our hearts really go out to our friends in the central United States who are suffering right now. And as I've talked to people who are being affected, there are two ways that I've heard that we could be praying for them. One is to pray for the vulnerable. God is a God of the marginalized and the vulnerable. He has a preferential option for the poor. Uh, the one theologian said that the margins are the center of God's concern, and there are people who don't have homes, who don't have good shelter, who are struggling right now, and they need God's special protection. So, that's one way that you can be praying. The second thing is this blizzard, like all disruptions, is revealing some structural inequality that exists in our society and some ways that our power systems, our economic systems are deeply broken. And one way that you can pray is that God would give our national and local leaders the wisdom, insight, compassion, and courage to act on what's being revealed during this disruption. One thing I, I want to say as well is we, as you know, Steve, you're in Florida, I'm in New York City, we effectively have little we can physically do, especially in a pandemic, to go and help these people, uh, especially in Texas. 
But often that makes me feel helpless, right? I'm like, oh, like, well, what am I supposed to do? I can't do anything. And what, what that ultimately actually shows is my lack of belief or my lack of understanding of the power of prayer. Because the most helpful, important thing you could do to help somebody out who's in need is for ha- to have Jesus show up to them. And we see clearly through the Bible, when Jesus shows up, things change. People are healed. Pe- people are fed. Demons are cast out. These crazy things happen. And if you are a Christian, like we are, we believe that that's the most important thing you could possibly do in this time. And praying for these for these things means that God longs to move when people pray um, and wants to move. And so let's partner with our God and do that. And we can do that right now. So Jesus... Holy Spirit, Father, would you, man, would you be with those in Texas right now? Would you be with the four million who have no power, Lord, who are scrambling for medical supplies, who are scrambling for power, for food, for resources, Lord, and Lord, specifically those from from low-income families, those uh, people of color especially who are more affected, Lord, would you continue to see them as you see them? Um, made in your image, deeply and wonderfully and perfectly loved. And Lord, we pray for our leaders. We pray for our president. We pray for the governor of Texas. We pray for local leaders in the neighborhoods without power, Lord. Would they act with compassion, grace, and mercy as you define it, Lord, and not by what they define it? Would they put aside power, uh, money, politics, and would they, would they seek kingdom values um, instead? Well, we pray for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for praying, Kyle. Hey, of course, of course. Power of prayer. Power of prayer. Now, okay, we do have a, a podcast to get to, and we have a regularly scheduled take. What's your take for this week? Okay. The pandemic is a blizzard that starts an ice age. Okay, uh, Steve, uh, I, I'm assuming, you know, you're a learned person. You, you went to university. I'm assuming you're not saying that a virus is the cause of our, of our weather problems. No. Viruses affecting the weather. No, not at all. Not at all. I read this article by Andy Crouch that he wrote for Praxis, which is a ministry when the pandemic first started. And he said, this pandemic is going to be a blizzard, a winter, and an ice age, and ministry leaders, business leaders need to adapt accordingly. In a blizzard, you you hunker down at home, you hide, and you hope that it passes over. And when it passes over, life goes back to normal. But in an ice age, structural changes need to happen for you to keep thriving. And that's part of it, is, is as this disruption caused by the pandemic reveals all kinds of structural issues, challenges, and opportunities, we can't just respond like the blizzard is a blizzard. We have to respond like the blizzard is also connected to an ice age, because we're seeing this stuff in new ways. Right. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. Slash. Now, when you say Ice Age, I think of the Woolly Mammoth movie with Sid the Sloth, which I used to watch when I was a young child. Perhaps that dates me as older, depending on who's listening to this podcast. But I love those movies. And yes, those people, those those, those animals, they're not people, those animals must make a radical change. They must migrate from one place to another. They have to change a lot of what their plans are. In fact, they team up with weird people, a woolly mammoth and a sloth team up to, to get across the Ice Age. And, and that's just 
weird. So, so you're saying this is an ice age. We got, we've got to change our plans. We've got to adapt. So, I'll give you a couple of examples. You talk about this storm happening in Texas. I guarantee there are going to be some people who move to Florida as a result of this storm. Not everyone wants to. Not everyone can. In Florida, we, like, give out bad press to the rest of the country to try to scare them away from us. Is that is like, that your excuse for Florida? Absolutely. absolutely. Like, <laughs> alligators, snakes, you know, like, sure, oh, man. they're here. But, like, I don't see alligators on my daily walk. So... There are going to be people who relocate. There are going to be some people who are working in campus ministry now who are going to have to relocate some of their ministry systems, some of their ministry structures. They're going to have to move them online. They don't want them to be online, but there are going to be some things that for the next decade happen online because it started now. People got used to it. They got acclimatized to it. They like it. They prefer it. There are going to be some things that were uncovered during this time that we never even knew were opportunities or options, and that actually this blizzard of the pandemic is kicking us into an ice age, a a new climate that's going to change the way we live structurally in in the ministry space. Right. So this is like a new era where we have to do something completely different. Okay, so I'm looking at this article, and I read that article that we were talking about from Practice and Andy Crouch, and... Yeah, actually, can we put it in the show notes? Yeah, we can definitely put it in the show notes. We'll put, we'll put it in there for you if, you if you want to take a look at the article itself. One thing that it says is, the priority of leaders must be to set aside confidence in their current playbook as quickly as possible, write a new one that honors their mission in the communities they serve, and make the most of their organizational assets. Um, so that, that's so that, that's kind of what you're talking about, right? That we need we had a, we had a current playbook of what we were doing. We're going to do, like for example, for InterVarsity Campus Ministry, we're going to reach out to hundreds of people. We're going to hand out flyers. We're going to do these in-person meetings. We're going to have everyone gather into dorm rooms and talk about in small groups. And now, all the strategies and all the plans we had for that out the window. I mean, Steve, that that sounds. I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, but also that sounds hard. <laughs> that sounds hard. It is. It is. It is. It's hard. It's daunting. Uh, this spring, when we made the pivot to online ministry nationally, I had hundreds of meetings where people voiced, I didn't sign up for this. I don't want to do this, but I love these students. I love my peers. I love these faculty. I, I love my university. And I'm going to go ahead and make this pivot not because I want to, not because I want to do Instagram. Like, I wasn't on Instagram before the pandemic hit. Like, there is there is this thing where, like, love compels us to do things during a disruption that we wouldn't do otherwise. One thing you pointed out that these people did, actually, that when you were talking, when you had all these meetings, people who were expressing their stuff, they expressed what, why they didn't, they didn't like the change, right? It sounds like they, they gave you grief. A little bit for the change, um, or at least expressed grief, right? They expressed grief about the change, and they lamented the change, right? Well, that's a huge and important step, right? Like if, if in the midst of like of, of oh like in, in a like you know in a blizzard, right? If it's just a blizzard in my life, I'm like okay, well next three days we're not doing anything, right? That sucks, but it's okay, right? If our era now is an ice age, though, that means everything's changing, and it, when when with when, when when change occurs, there's got to be a lot of stuff that we're, we're going to be sad about. 
So I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. I was talking with a buddy of mine who lives in Texas. Uh, he hadn't left his house in days and days and days because of the, the snow. And that's fine. That's what you do during a blizzard. You hunker down, you eat your brisket, you stay at home. Like, don't go out on the roads. But at some point, he is going to have to leave his house. He's going to have to go get groceries. He's going to have to to go out into the world. He, he can't stay home forever. And at that point, the sort of practices that he's been using to survive the blizzard are not going to be the same things that work when he has to go out into the world. Sounds like he's he's crossing the chasm there, Steve. Sounds like he's crossing the chasm. Ah, yes, yes, that's <laughs> some marketing insider creative labs marketing lingo we've been using. But but here's the thing is um, that need for continual innovation is the sort of thing that I've been so impressed to see InterVarsity student leaders, InterVarsity volunteers, InterVarsity alumni, staff. I've been seeing people continue to innovate. They didn't just innovate once in March. They're continuing to adapt, to learn, to grow, to try new things, to circle back to things that didn't work before, and to try them again. So, you know, imagine you go outside of your house and you look at your driveway. Uh, Kyle is a New Yorker. A driveway is the sort of thing that it, it is outside of a house that you can park a car in. Ah, so the street. Um, so like a street, but uh, only belongs to your house. And and uh, a car is a sort of private, like imagine a subway that belongs to just one family. Man, you live in like the Rockefellers there, Steve. You live in like the Rockefellers. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Imagine you walk out of your house, you look at your driveway, and you see eight feet of snow. You're like, nope, not going anywhere today. Uh, you might go back out a couple of days later and see if that snow is any less, to see if if it looks like it's shovelable, or to see if maybe a neighbor has come by to give you a hand. You have to keep revisiting some of these old strategies to see if maybe they would be relevant to you now. There are some people who didn't do any evangelism in the last six months. They're just so overwhelmed. Maybe now's the time to consider getting involved in evangelism, st- taking a step. I, I love innovation. So this is this comes from me speaking as someone who really loves it. I think you know the, the time we have before us now is unprecedented, and it's also unparalleled. There's so much opportunity because, again, like like we kind of read in this article, the playbook that was originally there got thrown out. Right? Like we can't do anything we're normally doing. We got to do something new. And I, that to me, that's incredibly exciting. But like, what about that person? Right? Who's not like me? Right? Who's like that sounds exhausting. I was just getting a handle of all the stuff that I was just working on before. You know, I just got figured out how to do my proxy station and do this contact cards and do all these things. What do you? What would you say to them? Yeah, I would say three things. The first thing is to keep your eyes fixed on where God is at work, because God is the one who guides our innovation practices when we're engaging in campus ministry. So, let God guide you into your next innovation step. Don't do something just because it's new or trendy. So, that's that's number one. Um, the second thing I would say is to get connected with student leaders. So, if you're a student, connect with your peers. If you're an InterVarsity campus minister, 
listen to your students. There are going to be things that college students are going to figure out about innovation because of their cultural context, because of their place in life, because of the the seas that they're swimming in. There are going to be things that they uncover that are going to be really helpful for you. So please, this is a time to honor students. So follow Jesus, honor students. And then the third thing I would say is to create for yourself channels, reference channels, so you could hear about what other people are doing. Maybe Facebook is a great place for you and you're on staff with InterVarsity. Join the staff Facebook group. Uh, Follow Ministry During the Disruption. Our Instagram, we share stories that we uh, pick up from around the country of great ideas that other people are doing. They might spark some creativity for you. Subscribe to this podcast. If someone sent it to you, go ahead and subscribe so that you hear the future things that we're saying. Sign up to the resource newsletter so that you get access to the latest resources that are coming out through InterVarsity to help you do ministry, to help you meet this moment. So what I would say to summarize that is connect with God, listen to Jesus, connect with God, honor students, and then create channels so that you get input to help you be creative. Yeah, and the, I think the final thing I would add there too, I think those three steps are awesome. One, The first one as well, uh, or one, one other step I would say is when, if we look at the example of like David, right? When King David sees incredible like destruction and complete changes in paradigm of, of, of the nation of Israel, like where there's pl- plagues coming, there's things happening. We see what he does in the Psalms, right? And what he writes in the Psalms is, is sometimes it's just these high praises and happiness, right? But like something like Psalm 88, he's not praising anybody. He's not, he's not happy. He is devastated. And he just writes out, I am so upset, right? God, where is my enemies are against me? Like the world is against me, you know. Right. Is that darkness is my closest friend? Like, you know, like that's that's the kind of stuff. You know, like darkness is my closest friend. You know, David becomes a goth emo punk band from the two thousand early two thousands, like right right there, right? Um and that's okay because God is and I, I, that you know we love we we know and we respect and we praise David for many of these qualities of him being like God after God's own heart because he is one who laments and casts his cares and and just offers his cares and his worries and his fears and all this stuff on Jesus and um, when in order to hear where God is moving, I think you also be, have to be able to be able to listen to Him and there's I know for myself there's so many things that distract me. Namely, like, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I'm angry, I'm upset, I'm confused, you know, I'm, I'm depressed because all these things, right? And those things don't just go away quickly or easily, or, and, or, and they especially don't go away if we just ignore them, right? And taking that time to really rest and be secure in, in, in Christ um, through, the, and through those practices, that's really helpful. One resource I would offer from stuff that I was able to work on is um, on the IVED website, IVED.life. You can check out our Write Yourself into Scripture exercise, which is a great way to spend some time writing yourself into Psalm 88 or others and just saying, telling God how you're feeling. And you can even share it with others and just share like, man, life is really tough. I'm not excited for all this change. This new era we're in, I'm not excited for it. I'm, I'm 
really exhausted. I'm tired. I'm feeling all this stuff. And the best part, when you meet God in that way, God shows up. That sounds awesome, Kyle. Is that something you could put a link to in the show notes as well? Yeah, we'll put that all into the, into the show notes. Hey, friends, this is a disruption that we're in. If you're buried under snow and ice right now, you feel the disruption in a fresh way. If you're buried under the the grief of racial injustice, you feel this disruption in a fresh way. If you've just lost a family member due to the pandemic, you feel the disruption in a fresh way. In the midst of this disruption, there are ways that God is going to invite you to continue to innovate. He's not doing that because he's a taskmaster. He's doing it because he loves you. He wants you to get through. The way out is through. Um, well, well, with all that, Steve, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on social media at Ministry During the Disruption on Instagram. Uh, you can, we, we would love to hear what your take is on the pandemic, on this being an ice age, on, on apparently Floridians tricking us into thinking that Florida's not a great place to live. There's a lot of stuff that we can do there. Um, and of course, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Um, also, though, we'll have... Um, We'll have all the resources, that, as we said, in the show notes, so check those out and take, take use of those resources. And if you use those resources, send us a direct message or, or comment on one of our posts, and we would love to hear from you. And ministry during the disruption, how you're innovating during this time. And uh, now for our sponsor. I want to be an activist, but I'm afraid because all the activists I see are incredibly grumpy, angry, burned out. I don't see the joy of the Lord in so many of the activists in my life. And I've been wondering, what would I need to be an emotionally healthy activist? Well, just so happens that InterVarsity's Experiential Discipleship has created exactly what we need for that. It's a course ironically titled The Emotionally Healthy Activist. I was so intrigued by this that I checked it out and I've really enjoyed the videos that I've seen. They've been thought-provoking, they've been challenging, and they've been practical for me. I would highly recommend that you check out the Emotionally Healthy Activist course. It's available at ived.life. Thank you.